On today's episode, we spared no expense. We watched Jurassic Park. Hello, welcome to the Flixology Podcast, a podcast that looks at all forms of media, analyzes and dissects it. Rather be movies, television, music, and sometimes, if we feel fancy, a literature. I am your host, John, and joining me is my Triceratops-loving wife, April. April, how are you? I am great after this movie, man. Like, Oh, it was so nice going down memory lane for me. It... It took me back. Like, if you guys watched this movie as a kid or watched this movie in the 90s, regardless of your age, it was epic of its time. Steven Spielberg was definitely the director of the decade and just did the craziest stuff ever. Definitely rewatch it. It's worth it. Well, of course, we are talking about 1993 American science fiction action film. Jurassic Park, directed by Steven Spielberg, based on the book by Michael Crichton, which I do want to read one day. Yeah, this is the very first um, movie ever, Jurassic Park, that we're talking about. There's yes. like, what, five others right now? And, and one on the way? Yeah, that's about right. And this movie stars Sam Neill, Laura Dern, Jeff Goldblum, Richard Attenborough, Bob Peck, Martin Farino, B.D. Wong, your personal favorite from your SVU. B.D. Wong. Of course, the great Samuel L. Jackson. Wayne Knight, Joseph Mazzalo, and Ariana Richards. And basically this movie is about a wealthy businessman who John Hammond, played by Richard Attenborough, and a team of genetic scientists have created a wildlife park of de-extinct dinosaurs. When industrial sabotage leads to a catastrophic shutdown of the park's power facilities and security precautions, a small group of visitors and Hammond's grandchildren struggle to survive and escape the prairieless island. I think that's a good summary. Wow. I never really looked at it that way. But yeah, that's exactly what happens. <laughs> well, so what's your first memory of Jurassic Park? Oh my gosh. Okay, so the I, a lot of memories, like as I was watching this yeah. last night, like a lot of the memories, guys, started coming back to me. Um, and I was like, oh my gosh, this is an iconic memory that stayed with me for life. So I have like a top three. Okay. So um, the first one is that I remembered without even having to see the movie again was when, um, is it Sam Neill? Yeah. Yeah. Alan when, Grant. Yeah. yeah. When Sam Neill, he puts his whole body and like ear up on the triceratops belly and his stomach like blows in and out of the air, like his, the oxygen and it, he like expands with it. That yeah. was like my very first memory um, that stuck with me for life. It's I don't actually, know why. It's actually it's so beautiful. I love how you bring this up. Did you know that they made that into a neat and meme now where it's him and there's like a scene where Jeff Goldblum is like bare chested and everything. What? And he's breathing in and out and Sam Neill's going up and down. No. Like oh my gosh. That's hilarious. Uh, I don't know if it was just the beautiful there's... scene and like how poetic it was or or if it was the fact that it had just never been done before and how real the dinosaur looked, or the fact that it's the Triceratops, which is my favorite dinosaur. But that memory, that memory of the movie just like stuck with me my whole life. Um, it's the number one thing that I remembered. The other two were the Velociraptors in the kitchen with little Timmy and his sister Lex. Terrified me as a that, kid. I think that's and the, I definitely remember that whole scene. I think that and the introduction of the of the T-Rex in this movie are like the most iconic scenes from well, this movie. They're, they're the most parodied. Well, and my third scene mm -hmm. um, is whenever the T-Rex first break through the, breaks through the wires. And they have the two cars there. Right. And they're paused in front of the T-Rex cage. 
and he goes in the sunroof and that plexiglass is on top of the kids and they're like dying cockroaches and they're like ah you know freaking out right right that part like definite memory that i had forgot about when when i watched it last night i was like oh my gosh <laughs> this terrified me for years as a kid <laughs> so well you know the the the, the, the effects of the dinosaurs and how they look was created by Stan Winston's um, effects team and the people over at Industrial uh, Light and Magic. And, you know, they have created like some of the best practical effects and visual effects um, for every, it's like some of the big budget movies that ever. I think I, they, they did the Tremors movies. Oh man, Tremors was good. Um, they did. Uh, I want to say the stuff for the thing, but don't quote me on that. I think they did that. Uh, they definitely did stuff for the Mummy. Like they've been around for a long time before. Yeah. Before computer and effects pretty much did everything for everyone now. But like, it's wonderful to go back and see like these effects and everything, and like how they made the dinosaurs and the teeth and everything. It was so real. Um, so my earliest memory of this movie. I actually did not see this movie first in the series. So uh, me and my brother, um, we always, we, you know, we, we, my family always went down to uh, Myrtle Beach, we, you know, for the summer or whatever. And there was a blockbuster. And we always rented the sequel thinking we were watching the first one, The Lost World. <laughs> Wait, so you grew up on the Lost World and not the original? Yeah, I know. That well, hear me out. So th we made that this is mistake. a sad childhood. But I didn't see the original until I was 10. Oh, okay. Well, you weren't missing out. You were 10. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so we I thought you were going to say like it was college or something crazy. So we so we, I was like about to freak out. So we had a blackout and I was freaking out and <laughs> um like we had no power. No. And I had family over like like my grandmother's kids and all the grandchildren because i'm one of 12 grandkids well 14 grandkids technically but i mean my cousin was like to help me calm down do you want to do you want to borrow my jurassic park three set so i got to watch jurassic park the lost world again and jurassic park three wow which i should not brag about jurassic park three that movie is that movie's rough <laughs> it's the shortest of these of these three movies it's only an hour and a half long and it has william h macy in it that says a lot yeah but it does have sam neill in it so that kind of helped me a little bit oh my god that was the only reason why i watched that one but i i had i had it for probably longer than i should and i always watched the first one just because it's the first movie is just so iconic it it gave me more of a love for dinosaurs and everything. Like, you know me personally. I, like, try to, like, go to dinosaur exhibits or something in space related or watch those type of movies. Dude, I was obsessed with dinosaurs as a small kid before these movies came out. Yeah. And these movies just amplified it for me. And I feel like a lot of kids that grew up in the 90s, like, can identify with that. Um, it was just a big thing for us. I don't know why. But I used to literally, before this movie came out, as a small kid, I used to literally like dig in the dirt at recess, pretending to look for dinosaur fossils. No lie. Well, you know, I have a friend that kind of does that, but she's not looking for dinosaur fossils. She's like looking for like artifacts from the past. Yeah. But, like, but, I mean, yeah. It, I just, it's totally cool. Like anybody who ever oh, yeah, aspired cool to do that or whatever. But that was my dream as a tiny, tiny kid, like in elementary school. I remember like second grade, third grade, like that was my interest. 
like I was really into science and I remember at the time like my second grade class actually had um eggs hatching like we had like a class pet oh yeah that had eggs and you could see them hatch and, and little chicks be born and stuff it blew my mind and whenever I saw this movie and the little um dinosaurs hatching out of the eggs the raptor and stuff, the raptors yeah, yeah the... oh my gosh can that I... scene was epic can I say something baby raptors are adorable it was a trip but <laughs> let me just say something raptors are the scariest dinosaurs. like I think I that the velociraptors are scarier than T-Rex. See, you can't say that because I, you, you didn't see. I don't think. Have you seen Jurassic World? Yeah. I think like the villain dinosaur in that one is scarier than the raptors combined. You know what other dinosaur I hated from this movie that really freaked me out was the little spitting dinosaur. Yeah, thing. the spitting poison one the, with the, the neck dap, thing. I think it's called the dapodil. Dapodil. They said it like in the in the. Gosh, I don't even remember. But it's the one with the neck fan that like gets Newman. Hello, Newman. Hello, Newman. Oh, hello, Jerry. <laughs> you know he played a very similar character in this movie. He was just like. <laughs> Well, just a slob well, who was out for himself well, you know, was let's, just like let's, let's let's talk about the movie a little bit so yeah <laughs> so basically richard attenborough is bringing back dinosaurs his character is john hammond and they're like trying to bring dinosaurs through like these containers well there's an accident happened a guy gets eaten so the investors on the on this guy's company wants the park to be investigated and get approved by scientists and everyone to make sure that the park is safe in comes um, Sam Neill and Laura Dern um, at Dr. Alan Grant and Ellie Sattler where, you know, uh, Richard Attenborough's character, John Hammond, wants them to get the approval and he says he'll, if they come do this thing, they will fund, he will fund their digs for the next three years. Yeah. But before that, there's like the scene where they're like shooting something in the ground and like the computer will be able to tell like bones and everything. Yeah. There's a snot nosed kid and he's a snot nosed kid. I don't care what anyone says. And you I, hear that kid. I really don't like that kid because he's looking at the bones of a raptor, like a velociraptor. And he's like, that's not scary. It looks like a big turkey. I'm just, yeah. I'm just filled with rage. I'm like, mm. you don't even know about it. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, you know, we're 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 introduced to Wayne Knight's character Newman from Seinfeld, and supposedly he's hired by another company to steal the embryos of the dinosaurs with the shaving cream. Can I just say Wayne Wayne Knight as? Um, uh, Dennis Nerdy in this movie and what happened to him is so fitting, which we'll get into that. Dude. But I, it just felt like it was Newman times 30. Yeah. And, I mean, dude, how about Samuel Jackson, dude? He, did he have an ad campaign with, like, smoking in this movie? He had a cigarette in his mouth the whole entire movie. So, I think it was the same you, cigarette. Because it just kept going shorter and shorter and shorter. Did you ever watch... Um, Chappelle show yeah did you ever see the sam jackson ad i'm sure i did I so mean, basically which one? So like... no 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 no. so basically it's dave Chappelle playing samuel l jackson and he's selling a sam adams type beer and he was like you know me and my movies jurassic park deep blue sea the shark <laughs> ate me it ate me 
I have to show you this. It's so funny. And the whole entire time when I see Samuel Jackson in this movie, I just think of Dave Chappelle doing that ad. Like, Dude. it's just wonderful. But anyway, we get to the island. We're introduced to Jeff, the great Jeff Goldblum. It was bizarre seeing him, man. Those... Like, like oh my before, like what he is now. Like he's such like a pop culture icon now. Yeah, like but like seeing him back in the nineties and it's all black with his big glasses and just like, thanks for a great weekend, <laughs> Sam. <laughs> well, like, it's it not is... even that. Like. It's, it, it took me back because I was like, whoa. It's weird to see a Jeff Goldblum before Independence Day. Yeah. I never saw Independence Day. What? Yeah, I know. How I, could you even make that comment? Well, I mean, I know about Independence Day. I know who's in it. I know what it's about. Like, you know, you just infer from the context clues. And I know, you know, Randy Quaid's in it. But it's just weird because... I know everything up to about Jeff Goldblum up to Independence Day. Whereas, if you go to today, he was in the last Thor movie, and he was great as that. And now he has his own National Geographic show, where he's like talking about ice cream in one episode and like how wonderful it is, and like how wonderful socks are. What? Yes, yeah, it's, it's like the world according to Jeff Goldblum. It's on Disney Plus. Oh I, wow! I have I've watched the ice cream episode just because I was curious. I feel like I have to see this now. If you do, um, it's going to be a good night. I'm not going to lie. You're going to just like be there. You're just going to sit there and be like, "What in the world?" Okay. But um, supposedly, you know, there's they see the dinosaurs and everything, and then Richard. Uh, John Hammond explains how they got the, the, the DNA to create the dinosaurs. It's from... And you have to admit, this is actually really interesting to think about. Dude, when I was a kid, it blew my mind. Because, you know, when you're a kid, you just believe everything. And you're like, whoa! Well, the fact that we're able... He was able to find a fossilized mosquito in amber, in amber and take the blood out and then just put frog DNA or whatever in the genetic code to create the dinosaur... Like it's and let me it's, just it's say, interesting. Like, okay, when I watched this movie as a kid, I didn't understand DNA obviously or how it works, and I did not even hear the fact that they put amphibian DNA into the regular dinosaur it's, DNA. It's when you watch it. It's when you watch it like thirty years but later, it, and it like, like hits watching you. it last night, I was like, whoa! And yeah. then I understood how they were able to procreate with yeah. the amphibian DNA we, later on. Because that made no sense to me as a kid. And also, as a kid, I didn't even realize that they said all of the dinosaurs on the island were... Female. Female. And I, I didn't even pick up on that as a kid. And like last night, it like, blew my mind. I was like, whoa, that T-Rex was a well, lady? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I mean, it kind of hit me. Like, And then it's like, it's like what um, Jeff Goldblum famously says in this movie. And I think it's a tagline for the new movie coming out, Life Finds a Way. That is true. But uh, we're introduced to probably the greatest character in this whole movie. Who? Mr. DNA. Oh, yeah. Dude, I had a shirt. I remember that shirt. I loved that shirt. It had him on there. It had a little bubble cloud that says, bingo, dino DNA or something like that. I had that. I had a Futurama shirt, which I still have. And then I had a Breaking Bad shirt. And... You and everyone told me to throw away the Breaking Bad shirt more than anything. Oh my gosh. 
It was a giant red tomato shirt with Heisenberg sketch on it. Let me just say, 10 years ago, John had a t-shirt collection that was insane. You loved my t-shirt collection. I love the t-shirt collection, but you had to make some choices of what would go and what would stay at some point. Because it just got to where they wouldn't fit in the drawers. So, we got rid of the uh, the DNA. And I held a small funeral it for was, that shirt. It was a very sad day. It was a very sad day. Um, eventually, we're introduced to the grandkids in this movie. And, you know, they, they start the tour. And it's the lawyer, the kids, in one car. And then Sattler, Dr. Grant, and Dr. Malcolm in the other. And they're, like, driving through and trying to find dinosaurs, and, of course, they're Yeah, they're well, like, it's on, it's on a track, and the track is automated, and it, like, stops and starts. Can't, yeah, so before they, like, get to the dinosaurs, though, you see that gigantic Jurassic Park entryway. entrance, yeah. And I loved... I, I don't think you, you caught it, but I love Jeff Goldblum's comments, like, who are they trying to keep in? Kong? Uh-oh. <laughs> More like a T-Rex, Jeff. Um... Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I just really love, like, the aesthetics for the set design Well, in this I love movie. the anticipation of this movie because when they're first going around the tracks and everything, it's like, you know, in the daylight, it's sunny, like, it's they, just a chill day. They, they don't to... even see right, any, they... any, any big dinosaurs or anything. They actually get out of the cars. Well, the, you know, they even tried using a goat to get, like, the attention of one dinosaur. Yeah, and I like how, like, I think it was Jeff Goldblum's character, he made the comment, he was like, you know, billions of years of it wanting to hunt, you can't just take that away. Yeah. Like, it's not going to just come up and eat the well, goat because you put it in front of it. Well, it wants to hunt. Well, you know... It, it, and that is, like, the creepy part because well, it starts hunting. Well, you see, that's the thing. Like, even with even with Dr. Grant's comments that Dr. Malcolm's where he's, like, talking to, like, the camera where John Hammond can see him, he's like, yeah, I thought we were supposed to uh, see dinosaurs at a uh, dinosaur park. And you just hear Adam Burr and go... I really hate that man. <laughs> <laughs> like, and then, you know, like, it's just like, they're, they're, they're predators. They're just like, we went through like the first, the carnivores, um, lock pads and everything first. Of yeah. course they want to hunt. That's what they are. But, you know, we get to your favorite scene, the Triceratops scene. Yeah. Um, do you want to briefly explain it? Cause I know how much you love this scene. Well, I mean, they get out of the car, and the um, the woman on the team, she goes down and notices that this Triceratops is, like, sick. She's laying on the ground. She's got poison. She's trying to figure out, like, hey, did it eat poisonous berries and stuff? And then you see her investigate its feces. Um, no, it's no, 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 huge no, no. pile. To, to, to quote Dr. Malcolm. Droppings. Dinosaur droppings? Dinosaur <laughs> Um, So it's like the iconic scene of like her whole arm inside this big pile of poo. Um, and uh, that's not my favorite part of the scene. I, my I, favorite part I, of the scene I, I is can't whenever... Take you, I cannot take you seriously whenever, after you using the word poo on this show. Whenever... whenever <laughs> that's what it is. It's poo. Okay, but the... Uh, oh, yes. Poo. <laughs> um, I mean, she was like really in there, but she was looking for like um, to see if it had ingested like poisonous berries yeah. from a type of plant because um, there was like a lot of toxic plants on the island and stuff. I thought that was fascinating. I didn't pick that up as a kid, but watching it as an adult, I was like, 
wow, like, you know, botany and like how that all plays into ecosystems was just so interesting we, to me well, to think about while I was watching this. Yeah. Well, you know, that, that was like her field. She was like an a botanist in somewhat like during that for that time period of the dinosaurs. I yeah. can't think of like the actual term. Prehistoric? No, 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 no. Oh, no. I don't know. Like her actual job title. Gosh, I don't even know. Like, but... <laughs> I, I, I tried so hard to keep up. But, um, you know, during all this time, um, she stays with them and tries to take care of the Triceratops. But back at the um, control room, uh, Nerdy sabotages all the safety precautions, except for the raptor cage, which that was a smart idea. Yeah. And steals the embryos and basically shuts down the whole park, which that's a terrible idea even to begin with. Like, forget the raptor cage. You basically shut down an entire park where there are herbivores and most importantly carnivores where they can eat you and you're trying to get off the island. And then he goes driving right through the park. Like, I didn't understand that at all because I was like, why would you have to go through the park to get through the other side? Why couldn't you go around it? Because obviously... It doesn't go right to the water's edge where the animals like are. So it that was very confusing to me. I mean, so I mean the whole. But it it's a kids movie, so. Well, that's the thing. Like it even, doesn't really matter. Even with, but, kid, even with the kids movie, it has to make somewhat sense because. Um, I like how a storm broke out though as he was trying to leave the island because like the suspense and like the rain and like how beautiful all the scenes were and everything. And that's another thing this movie has is just scene after scene of like gorgeous landscapes. Yeah, I'll agree with waterfalls. That. Remember the waterfall scene? Oh yeah, when oh, they gosh. Land. Well, you know, like it was to get you know, they were telling people to get off the island too. Even, yeah. even your favorite scientist, uh BD Wong. Yeah. Oh my gosh, because you, you were so you were so happy to see him in this I movie. was and like, oh my gosh, so I'm a huge fan of Law and Order SVU and BD Wong is one of the forensic psychologists or psychiatrist that um, works with the law enforcement, um, you know, Benson Stabler and the whole team. Isn't his name Wong on the show? Yes, B.D. Wong. It, oh, no. his name on the show? Yeah. Yeah, I think it is Wong. Huh. Okay. Um, but, now you're making me think about it. I don't <laughs> even know. I'm like, well, basically, I've always called basic, him B.D. Wong. Basically, so. he was like one of the people to give background about the dinosaurs that we already kind of went over. Like, yeah, but he was so young and I didn't even recognize him. And when I saw him, I was, you, you had to point it out because I didn't even recognize so him. So he's definitely in the new one that's coming out next week. And he's definitely in Jurassic World. I'm so glad because like, he's one of my favorite actors ever. Like, I just love everything that he's in, even though... He's not in, like, major roles or whatever. Like, I just love all his stuff. Do you remember the show Gotham? Yeah. He played a forensic psych psychotherapist on that one that yeah. was a villain. And I think you would love his character as that. Well, and I feel like, you know, he's done a lot of forensic psychology stuff. And that's another reason why I like him so much. Because it's just fascinating to me as a psych major. Like, yeah, the, definitely. you know, especially forensics. Because um, that's another field that I'm just, like, really interested in. So... It's cool. It was really cool to see him. So, I think this is a good time to take a short little break. And okay. we'll be right back. Be right back. And we're back. And now, probably one of the greatest scenes in Jurassic Park is when we first get to see the T-Rex... Like, that whole entire scene 
I'm telling you, what haunted point. me as a kid was the sound of those ropes breaking, the suspension ropes, like when they the wires when they broke. See, it wasn't even that for me. That it, sound it just stuck with me. Like, it, was, that, it, it wasn't even that for me. It was the the way the water moved when the foot when the when he did like the impact. Oh right yeah, like just seeing them like iconic. Do, yes. Um, of course, the T-Rex kind of destroys the cars. It kills the lawyer and probably one of the greatest deaths I've ever Dude. seen ever. Again, I, oh my God, can I take this one? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, this okay. one's all yours. This is my all-time favorite death, um, which sounds a little harsh, but it's it. that's what the movie, what happens. It's like, you know, it's a suspense thriller and there's dinosaurs like chasing after and hunting and killing people. But anyway, best kill from the dinosaurs is the lawyer because he totally like abandons the two kids in their car and takes off whenever he realizes that the t-rex is going to get out of the cage and it's right next to the car and he runs away um screaming like a little girl and hides in a bathroom a random bathroom um that is on this island right <laughs> and he's hiding on one of the toilets and the t-rex comes out and he's all you know trying to get at the kids and all of that and Sam uh Sam and uh Jeff Goldblum's character are just like back in the car behind them just like staring because they know that any movement will force the dinosaur to come around and one of the kids gets a flashlight and they are like trying to you know help but they don't realize that the movement is drawing the dinosaur into Which, them Which dumb move either way Yeah but the funniest part is Sam ends up getting out of the car and lighting a flare from the back seat trunk and and tossing it to get away from the um, the T Rex. T -Rex. And um, Jeff Goldblum, bless his heart, he tries to help, but he ends up getting chased. But luckily, he falls down and gets covered up by some tree branches. And then yeah, he got um, he got knocked out. Yeah, he gets knocked out. And then, but he's still alive and he makes it. But um, the lawyer who ran out of the car and left the kid screaming in the toilet where he thought he was safe gets eaten right off of a toilet. Just snatched right up and gobbled. And that was the funniest death scene to me because I was like, you deserve that. <laughs> you left those kids alone. It's just interesting to see that the lawyer character got the most brutal... I think he got the most brutal death in this movie. That or the game warden did, which we'll get into that in a minute. Um... So, yeah, so basically they get separated, Ian gets knocked out, the lawyer's gone, and the kids and Sam are lost in the jungle. While all this is happening, we get the death of Nerdy by the spitting dinosaur. Newman, yeah. And he loses the embryos in the can, too, in the jungle. So basically, he did all of that for nothing. Yep. Which... All those wow. people died for nothing. The park got destroyed for nothing. Those kids are traumatized for life. <laughs> so so I mentioned this to you last night while we were watching this movie. Um, growing up, I played a lot of Telltale games. They're, they're mostly famous for making the Walking Dead video game, uh, Batman, my, Minecraft story mode, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. One of their first ever, I think it was the first or second game they ever made, was basically... A Jurassic Park game on that island at the same time where the events of the movie are going on, but you don't play as any of the main characters. You play like these other characters, and they're trying to find the shaving cream with the embryos no. the entire time. And <laughs> I remember this game very well because there was a dad and a little girl. 
and you had to time everything right because it, like this game wasn't like preset or predestined like every choice you made in the game affected the whole entire story so there's like the scene where they're on this boat leaving the island and the t-rex is like about to eat someone and if you don't hit like the buttons right it eats the little girl and then the dad's like no and then the credits roll up and it's game over you don't even get another chance wow i cannot begin to tell you how many times i went back just to see like the right ending eventually i just looked it up on youtube because i was just like i'm done with this and i was curious Call, yeah. Gaming in the 90s. No, this wasn't in the 90s. This was in... Like, this was during... 2000? No, it was college. No way! Yeah. I don't know why I was picturing a very vintage video game you were playing when you said all those I think games. it's because, like, when you think of Jurassic Park video games, I always think of, like, the one where you're, like, in the fake car in an arcade and you get yeah. those really... Those plastic but heavy, heavy guns. Like the, oh yeah yeah like that I I like I can understand that um, but anyway um, Statler finds Statler and the game warden find Ian Malcolm they eventually rescue him and take him back to the to like the control room and the kids and Sam end up hiding out in a tree yes where they encounter brachiosauruses yeah which. Those... I wish it was a brontosaurus because those are my favorite. I think, but they're was... very similar. I mean, but like the head design, like you got to see more of those visual effects. They both had the Stan... long necks, and they were both herbivores. You know, they were eating the trees, and, and they were feeding. But them. dude, that scene where he was feeding it the tree branch and eating the leaves was so precious. When I was a kid, I remember like being like, "I want to feed the dinosaur." Like, I just remember the di like the girl trying to pet it, and then the head moves back, and then it's blood. <laughs> It, it sneezes on her, and they she's like covered. You. And she's like covered in boogers, and she's oh, like, "Oh god!" Like Lex had. She was mad, dude. Lex had a hard day. <laughs> she, she was so mad. She survived T Rex. She she thinks she's gonna die, and she gets sneezed on by a by a dinosaur. Lex is having a really hard day. Yeah. Um. So back at the control room, Samuel Jackson. Richard Attenborough, Ian Malcolm, Sattler, and the Game Warner are all deciding, like, well, I guess we're going to shut down power to the entire park. Yeah. Which, that's a worse idea than what the other guy did. So, they do. And, you know, they basically... But they had to, because they had to reboot the system. That's the only way that they could get back in, because he, you know, freaking Newman character had hacked it. Uh-uh-uh, you didn't say the magic word. Yeah. Uh-uh-uh, you didn't say the magic word. Yeah. I do that sometimes in public. Did you see how all those computers and hacking and coding was, though, man? Like, that, oh, that really yes. messed me up. I was like, whoa, do you see those desktops? It They're looks big. Like, it reminded me of, like, the lawnmower men. They man, reminded me uh, of, like, a Tandy 1000. Do you remember those big computers? Oh, God, it's been a long time, but... I can remember the first time I ever got on, like, uh... AOL Instant Messenger. I was on like a Tandy 1000, huge. Took up the whole desk, like computer. Yeah, that sounds about right. And like you, you had to put the keyboard down below on like a little pullout tray because the computer took up so much space. So the first time I ever got online, it was on a Gateway computer. Do you remember that company? Yes. Oh my gosh. Whatever happened to those guys? They went bankrupt. Oh. <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like Dell. I feel like Dell took them over. They took a. Well, camera. we had, Dell got so famous. We had dial-up 
back then, which I think is the only way to connect to the internet at the time. Yeah. And I just went on CartoonNetwork.com and just played like the games on there, like as a kid. Like I didn't have Instant Messenger till middle school, and I just remember having a blast, <laughs> like playing like the little games associated with like the cartoons I would watch. Gosh. Which sounds really sad now that I say it out loud, but keep in mind I was eight. I will never forget what the sound of dial-up sounds like. Like, I think that's, like, iconic People now cringe at the sound of dial-up. Like, and it's not... I think it's... I cringed at it when it was happening to me in real life as a kid. But, like, now if I were to hear it, I would just smile and be like, oh my gosh. Memory. (laughs) Nostalgia. At the corners of my eye. All right. What is happening? (laughs) (laughs) What song is that? I felt a little Celine Dion-ish. That was Celine Dion? No, but that was the only person I could think of because oh, I really don't know the name of the person that sings that song. Um, Moving along. Yeah, so basically Sam Jackson's like, I'll go restore the power because I'm the only black guy in this movie. Oh my god, you're so right. <laughs> yes, I'm sorry, but he's... Cigarette in mouth, walks out the door and never returns. Basically, and then Sattler's like, it's been too long. I'm going to go save him. And then it's when we find out the Velociraptors have gone out and her and the Game Warden go out together. They separate and she goes to restore the power and she's very successful. But while that's happening, Dr. Grant, Lex, and Tim, the small boy, are trying to crawl over the turned off, and I'm putting that in quotes, electrified fence for the T-Rex. And she turned it on right when Tim's holding the wires, and it shot that kid off like a lawn dart against the wall. Like, Yeah. Well, he had to, he, Sam had to perform CPR on him. Well, I mean, he I, almost died. Well, I, the thing, here's the crazy thing, though. He caught that kid in midair. Yeah. How? Well, it was probably a dummy, you know. I mean, yeah, of course it was a dummy, but, like, that kid should have been no, that kid. That kid's dead. That if, kid is dead. If he got hit with ten thousand volts, he would be dead. As small as that little kid was, he's probably like what sixty pounds, maybe eighty pounds I max. Would, I would say around ninety, maybe. Yeah. And then it turns out. Then back on the Sattler side, we find out that there's a Velociraptor in the in the power room. That's when she finds the arm of Samuel L. Jackson not attached to Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah, that was too spooky. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so eventually, you know, they all get reunited. And... Well, my favorite part, before we move on, yeah, is when they, when they, the kids get to the cafeteria, and you see that lime green jello shaking in the spoon. Oh, with because Lex. Because you, yeah, that Lex is holding, and because the, the kids finally, they get to this cafeteria, there's food, they're trying to eat a little something, and just like, they're like, safety, we're in an enclosed space that's like, not part of the jungle, um, and there, she has this lime green jello in the spoon. She's getting ready to take a bite of, and all of a sudden, you hear like the, the, well, and even... like they're shaking. The jello is just trembling it's... as if the water before was doing. Well, yeah, she's like scared out of her mind. Like she and, sees that yeah. shadow, that Velociraptor. Like oh, that man. would scare me. Like Velociraptors are the most terrifying dinosaurs. I used to think it was the T Rex. Until I watch this movie. I will never forget that scene of the shaking lime green jello. I actually hate what they did to Velociraptors in the new movie. Really? Like, Chris Pratt is the Alan Grant of the new movies. Take that in for a moment. Okay. 
This is also the same Chris Pratt that's going to be playing Mario and Garfield in upcoming pictures. I can't wait to see those. Yes, because Samuel Jackson's playing the father of Garfield. I just want to see it for that. Oh my gosh, that's going to be epic. So, he has a raptor pet named Blue. What? Yes, like he's like a trainer. He like trained them. Oh my gosh, okay. Like... It, it, it was like Tiger King all over again. No, it's... Okay, not Tiger <laughs> I'm King. I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. It's not Tiger King, but, you know, the events of Jurassic World aren't exactly great for what happened in Jurassic World. There's a reason why that park was shut down. I just don't think exotic animals should be kept as pets. Like, I oh, don't know. Well, yeah, we, we agree on that. But, I mean, keep in mind, Chris Pratt worked at the park. Yeah. But still. Um, so... And then, but going back to the movie, you now then have the infamous kitchen scene with the kids and the raptors. Yeah. Um, the suspenseful music and the music, and I wanted to mention this briefly, the music in all this is conducted and was composed by the great John Williams, which he created the music. The music in this is well, amazing. Look at this guy's resume. He did all the Star Wars compilation, uh. including the Darth Vader theme that done done. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah. yeah. The Raider, the Indiana Jones theme. Epic. The Harry Potter theme. He did Harry Potter? And Jaws. No. He has, like, he... This guy is a mythical creature. He's not even human at this point. I want to show you... I what... did not know he did Harry Potter. Oh, yeah. He did Harry Potter. So let me tell you what. Schindler's Harry Potter lit. music will, like, forever be infused in my brain. Like... It's so good. I want to show you what it looks like. Cause he, and Jaws. All of that. He's like 92 or something. He's like really getting up there. A 90. Uh, he's 90. What a heck of a re resume. He um, went to Juilliard school. I'll tell you his whole entire resume. I got it all right here, actually. Okay. So Star Wars, Jaws. Close Encounters of the Third Kind, which that is a great movie. I haven't seen it. Oh, it's good. It's, it's basically Steven Spielberg doing another alien movie. Oh, uh, okay. The Superman movie theme. Really? Okay. E.T. Yeah. The first two Home Alone movies. Indiana Jones, the first two Jurassic Park, Schindler's List, and then the last three Harry, and then the first three Harry Potter movies. Wow. Like, he's, he's an icon. And, like... What a gift. Like, can you imagine being the creator of the most epic, nostalgic memorable songs in movie history like i mean i mean i mean when i think of like jo i mean there's theme parks surrounded around the movies that he built the music for well i feel like if you have a good like theme score especially like the one for jurassic park which um one of the greatest theme song one of the greatest theme hymns or whatever it's one like when you hear that the yeah like when you hear that i just think jurassic park when i hear the imperial march i think of john williams and star wars like when i hear indiana jones all i think about is john williams like this guy like his 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 resume is stacked like he's he's gonna be submitted in gold or something because wow. he, he's just so creative I mean, I actually didn't know he did Schindler's List, so that one did surprise me. But good for him. Shit, I mean, yeah. But anyway, um, so of the course, kitchen scene, dude. Yeah, that's the what kitchen we were scene. At. The I'm kitchen sorry, scene. I had to go on a rant about John Williams. Let, let but me I'm just say, let me just say, aside from the music and suspense, this kitchen scene scared the heck out of me more than any scene in the movie. I think it scared and, a lot of people. Well, and it gave me nightmares for weeks as a kid. 
But let me just say, it was totally worth it. Um, and the the worst part was the velociraptors whenever they were breathing at the door and like fogging up the glass and their eyeballs just like looking at you know the kids in there and stuff like that scared me so bad well i love the fact like they cut to like a sh shot of like alan grant and sattler and she and they're like are you sure there's only two out there and she was like yeah unless they know how to turn unless they know how to open doors and then you see the the, the dinosaur opening the door yeah slowly it's just i can like, totally believe that because our cat knows how to open doors and like i could totally believe wait, that dinosaur what? could do it she does yeah, there's a video on our Instagram of our cat. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that now. It's been a while. I mean, she can't jump and open the door, but if there's like a dresser next to it, she can reach over and open it. Yeah. <laughs> she just stands up like, oh, hello. <laughs> no, she's not on two legs or anything like I that. I must say, I want I'm a glass saying, of milk. I'm just saying, I, <laughs> I could see. She wears a monocle every now and then. <laughs> I can totally see how they could do that is totally believable to me and it was just oh it's the scariest scene but they eventually get out of the kitchen they go into the control room where dr grant and sattler try to prevent the dinosaur getting in while apparently just out of random because she mentioned it earlier she was like don't call me a nerd i'm a hacker and we see her hacker skills like right at the yeah end. she's like i'm going to infiltrate this huge gigantic tandy 1000 and figure out how Which to did, unhack everything she did but uh, what is she like 13 14 no, in this movie yeah yeah no she was like 13 14 at yeah least. i mean she's a kid and it was just like it was like come on really but, really but the <laughs> thing is she was able to get the power back on and like, like get good all for the phones yeah, and everything they they locked the door the locks work the dinosaur can't get in they're safe for another second and they eventually get out of there well, so well, she saved the day well before they get out of there um grant calls hammond and he's like get your people on the phone we gotta get off the island and then you hear gunshots and then for all of a sudden it does this insane insane close-up of richard attenborough going grant like, as if he's, like, calling out for Khan and he's Shatner from Star Trek. Oh, God. He's just like, Grrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrr
and Sam are on the was, on the mend out of the jungle. I, I hate to say, it, I actually forgot about that. Man, I that was the most beautiful scene though. It really was. It was like wild horses running in a group. Mm-hmm. Um, it was beautiful, and like I'll never forget that scene of all of them jumping like over the tree. Um, <clears throat> but I really just loved all of. Well, I think, all of the scenes. I, I think we covered all the epic ones. I think but... we can. I think we can honestly say we're going to give this a, a wonderful yeah. recommendation. Both of us are going to definitely do recommend for this. Like this movie has just been, and even a rewatch. Like not only if you've never seen it, definitely watch it. But as a rewatch, especially if you haven't seen it in years. Yeah. Like I hadn't seen it since probably '95. So definitely. Wow. I haven't seen it since. 2002 yeah that was I mean, also it's, the first time i watched it yeah it's been like a long time so definitely I, check I, it out re-watch it i will say this if you can find the trilogy box set that i had watched um it's like a three dvd box set yeah that's all red the dvd menus on that are wonderful <laughs> because yeah. they're very interactive and um i just remember this one briefly um, on the Jurassic Park, you see the footprint, but it does the impact crater, and there's water, so it does the water on the menu and everything, too. No way. So it's, like, I hate to say it, but it was so much fun, and then when you hit play, it just took you to, like, the T-Rex roaring. Oh, wow. Like, I, I'm a sucker for interactive menus like that. I love old menus like that. I wish they would do them, but, you know, I, I just remember that menu, and it was probably one of the best. Now I just have... My current copy, which um, it's just like clips of the movie, and then when you play, it just starts playing. Nice. Um, I'm really curious to know the reviews and everything for this. Well, believe it or not, I have a Rotten Tomatoes, and I have a great late Roger Ebert. Okay. I'm going to do the Roger Ebert first. Um, so Roger gave this movie three out of four. Okay. And I'm going to read you consensus for Rotten Tomatoes first. Jurassic Park is a spectacle of special effects and lifelike animatronics with some of Spielberg's best sequence of sustained awe and sheer terror since Jaws. So, I agree. So what do, you, what, what, what do you think they, what do you think he gave it and what would you give it? Um, I think they gave it a 92, 93. And, and what would you give it? Um, of now I would give it, it depends. So, like, back then, I would have given it, like, a 98. Okay. Because it was the 90s and nothing like that was being done, you know? Okay. Um, now, I'd probably give it 94. You got a 92. Wow. So, you See, were right I'm on getting, the dollar. You're getting, getting good at this. I'm getting so much better at this. So... And then, this is what Roger Ebert said about the movie. The movie delivers all too well on its promise to show us dinosaurs. We see them early and often. They are indeed a triumph of special effects artistry. But the movie is lacking other qualities that it needs even more, such as a sense of awe and wonderment and strong human story values. Okay. I mean, I mean, you go see this movie for the dinosaurs, let's be honest. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Well, and the suspense. I mean, oh my gosh. Well, it's just insane, like how pop culture even now uses this movie like you can buy the like, merch for this movie is the, unreal well like do you remember Spaceballs the movie yeah so they did they had a cartoon show at one point really yes i've never seen the cartoon i saw the cartoon of course and they did a Jurassic Park parody but it wasn't with dinosaurs it was with something else and i cannot remember it but it was 
worse. I bet. Um, I mean, you have Lego Jurassic World now, like on PlayStation now, where it does the first th- four movies. I mean, I'll never forget all the at, Jurassic Park toys that were out. Oh, the toy, like the, the toy was merchandising like aisles, was like, worse. Like the whole aisle, like two aisles at Walmart, it would was be full of nothing but Jurassic like, Park. It's like the the merchandising they did for Power Rangers, but times fifty. Yeah, it was insane. And I, all the dinosaur toys that came out of this, just in general. Oh yeah, they, they're I awesome. Mean, I'm not I mean, lie. it was. I I I'll never forget. I mean, there's like Lego sets around this. Like there was so many toys. I remember Toys R Us had like a bazillion. So we had an old T Rex toy. I love sharing the story. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I've never told you this. Okay, I'm ready. So we had the like a T Rex toy from the movie, and then we had like a. Godzilla 98 life scale. No. Yes. And we would make them fight. Oh my gosh. With Turbo Man from Jingle All the Way being like the referee. Oh my gosh. Oh man, I had a that was fun. You that can, was fun. You can tell you grew up in an all-boy household. <laughs> Me and my brother, baby. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like uh, like this movie just has so many accolades and everything. It's hard to like say one. I will go ahead and end it on this. That this Let's movie... talk about the budget. Oh yeah, I forgot all about the budget. This movie was made on a sixty-three million dollar budget. Wow, that's not bad at all. What do you think it made? I hundreds of billions. <laughs> One point oh four six billion. Billion with the B. Billion. And you know. And that's just. Like, it's still making money. I just gotta say that. And this film was selected for preservation in the United States. Uh, National Film Registry. Well, so and, like this movie is preserved by yeah. Congress. I I gotta say I I love this movie. Definitely recommend. And I, you guys, it made it made me look forward to what we're doing next weekend. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Like you guys, we're going to see this at Hounds Driving Movie Theater in Kings Mountain. If you're in the Charlotte area, it's not that far. It's very rural, but they have concessions there. It's twenty dollars a carload. Usually they do two um, movies, a two double movies, feature. double feature. And it is a blast. Like, we always have a good time out there. Definitely, like, shout out to us on Instagram or email us at flixologypodcast at gmail.com. If you want to hang out with us and we can get together, meet up, exchange phone numbers, whatever, while we're at the um, dri- at the drive-in. Yeah, we won't have, unfortunately, we will <laughs> not have Luna with us on this turnaround. Yeah. But, but we, uh, we we're more than well. well we're more than willing to talk about Jurassic Park or any other movie, or we're even willing to take suggestions if you have any. And we're going to see Jurassic Park Dominion. Dominion. Jurassic World Dominion. Jurassic World this Dominion. This time, it's beyond the park. I can't wait to see it. <laughs> I, I think, honestly, I think on the big screens outside, it's going to be horrifying. Like, the dinosaurs are going to be oh, huge. Oh, definitely. And it's going to be dark. It's going to be spooky and suspenseful as heck. Like, I can't wait for it. So, April, what are we doing next week? Uh, next week. Oh my gosh, we're doing Con Air with th- Nick Cage. You had to think about it for a minute there, didn't you? Yeah, well, I had to look at the calendar because I was <laughs> like, man, we have so much going on. But I Con only, Air, I only trust two people. <laughs> One is me, and two, you're not. <laughs> oh my gosh, Nick Cage in this movie put, made me laugh so hard. Put the bunny back in the box <laughs> don't give away all the quotes now all right but until next week with conair this has been jurassic park and the flixology podcast i am your host john 
and April. Take it easy, guys.